Welcome into Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite, Casey Phillips, and Scott Smith here. And as always, we are taking your questions. If you're not already watching on Facebook, head on over there. If you have anything, you can leave it in the comment section underneath the live video. And uh, we have already, already, coming, in, already yep. coming in, which is awesome. As we give people a chance to ask more, we always like to remind you we love hearing where you're watching from. If you have a question for us, I've already seen we have the San Diego and in Oklahoma right. City and... Um, a bunch of cool places. Uh, we have New York. So, yeah, we love hearing where you're watching from in addition to your questions. And as people get a chance to uh, come in and, and ask some of their questions, I wanted to just start off with the news about Vinnie Curry that uh, we did release him and just mm -hmm. your thoughts on the decision-making of that, the, the pros and cons, and, and what that could mean for the rest of this offseason right. in terms of either draft needs, free agency needs, and, and overall right. the impact on that. You know, Vinny was part of a, the group of the large group of defensive linemen the Bucks brought in last year during the offseason in, in a variety of ways. He was uh, a guy that was cut by Philadelphia right after, right after their Super Bowl win uh, in a salary cap move right after they, they traded for Michael Bennett. You know, we also brought in guys via the draft, via free agency trade for Jason Pierre-Paul, and I think they were they were really trying to rebuild that entire unit and have the depth to be able to bring eight or nine guys in and rotate them in, which never really happened because of injuries to various guys at various times, right? Right. And and as you would expect, some of those worked out better than others. And as the Bucks have done a lot with a lot of these free agent signings that they've done, they've structured them in a way that if it's not exactly working out as well as you'd hoped, you can get out of it after a year or two years, depending on the contract, without any cap hit without any dead money right. and, in, and in fact the move to Vinnie Curry saves the adds quite a bit to the Buccaneers salary cap right now that they could that they could use and that's why the timing of it is probably uh, <clears throat> important to look at because they didn't really have to release Vinnie uh, now they could have done it right before free agency or even a couple weeks after free agency there was no roster bonus lots of times guys have a roster bonus at right. a certain date so if you're gonna you're gonna have to make a decision on them there wasn't any of that so that tells me that perhaps the buccaneers are trying to increase their salary cap now before free agency starts you know and, and the reason you would do that you can't sign anybody from another team so what does that mean potentially re-signing one of your own guys right, right. we're the only team right now that could talk to say Quan alexander or Adam Humphrey. So if they are making progress towards trying to get one of our own free agents re-signed, that would be a reason right now to clear up cap space. Interesting. That's, that's a great And, point. you know, Vinny started the season as the uh, starting left end opposite JPP, and he actually had the first sack of the season for the Buccaneers. And the Bucks did improve from a league low 22 sacks in 2017 to 38 last year. So it did work to some extent, all these additions. But Vinny got hurt in the middle of the season, and then Carl Nassib really emerged, and he became sort of that bookend. And so... Right. Uh, basically, all those, and Carl was a late addition as a waiver claim. And so, basically, as it turned out, it was Carl that really had more of an impact. And that's probably what led to this move. Vinny, who is a nice guy that we really like working with quite a bit, and hopefully yeah, he, he gets great. another shot quickly. His getting cut now also gives him a head start on free agency. So, he might be able to work with other teams now before the market is saturated on March right. 13th. Okay, that's a great point. Uh, I see we've got some Kentucky, California. Right. We got uh, London. We, we see London, England, and Manchester. We'll England. see you this year. Yep, people that are probably pretty excited about <laughs> that London game in Billings, Montana. Um, wow. So we had, yeah, which is pretty cool. We have a question from Scott who said, "Do you think they're going to bring Matt Bryant back to Tampa?" I've seen a lot of people the moment that he. Uh, that the Falcons announced that he wasn't being brought back, that we're saying that he would make sense here. So maybe the larger question is overall just the kicking situation, whether sure. the con who is and isn't under contract, right. who we have on the roster right now, and if there'd be any reason to do that. Yeah, Cairo Santos would have to be re-signed, I believe. He just had a one-year deal, and that hasn't happened yet, but it certainly could. And he had a nice little second half of the season cameo, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then we did sign that kicker from the German League, which is an interesting
interesting prospect. I don't know if you heard how that all went down. Yeah. He he's been he's Danish, and he was playing. He played in the on the Danish national team. He played in the top level of German American football, and he'd been trying for a few years, I think, to get to this Michael Husted kicking camp which coincides with the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. And Michael Husted used to be a Buccaneer kicker, so there's a connection there. And, and uh, so he did get there this year, so that's how scouts around the NFL had a chance to see him. And then the Bucks brought him in for a workout here at One Buck Place and must have liked what they saw. So at least he's going to get a shot, which is an interesting story. Right. I think he's about 27 or 28, and it's, it's been his dream, obviously, to play in the NFL. And at least he's – I mean, he's made a, a big leap forward by just being on a roster now. And um, – his last name's Anderson, uh, blanking on the Philip, first. I Philip think. Anderson, that's right. And uh, so that's the only kicker under contract right now. So definitely there will either be the re-signing of Cairo and or bringing in somebody else. And, of course, Matt, Matt Bryant will be an option. I'm right. sure that's something they will look at. There's no reason not to. If there was any hard feelings about when he was released in favor of Mike Nugent many years ago mm-hmm. at this point – they're, they don't exist with the current management. Right. It's completely new coaching. In fact, he's been through a couple of coaching staffs and uh, and general managers since then. So there wouldn't be any reason for him or us there to be any hard feelings. So right. it's, a, it's a pure football decision, and I think he's 43 years old. But nowadays you see kickers kicking well past yeah, that. And I, he seems to just be getting better and better. In I fact, mean, heck, if Tom Brady can <laughs> play quarterback at that age, you <laughs> yeah. know, it seems like kicking could yeah, still happen. Yeah, he's one of a kind, though. Uh, Tobias said, uh, do you see the team going after Le'Veon Bell? And apparently Tobias is watching from Denmark. Denmark. Oh, he must be excited about our kicker. Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, would we go after Le'Veon Bell? You know, we're going to get asked that question every week. Yep. And it's it's tough because, as we've said a lot, that's a position where it's hard to pay the amount of money that Le'Veon Bell is going to want to get paid. You know what I'm saying? And we still have – I don't know if they would want to make that big of an investment. If they do – it might make more sense to just try to draft somebody because you do have Peyton Barber still to work with, and he, he you know, he, he wasn't he, he did some good things last year. He had about 870 yards and is a good runner between the tackles. And you also have Ronald Jones, and I know there's probably lots of fans who want to write him off, and, you know, it's fair as a fan. You can do whatever you want. But I do believe the team thinks that they can get more out of him, and certainly there's no reason to give up on him after one year considering how good he was at USC. So, I don't know, that mo- the amount of money that Le'Veon Bell is going to command – Makes that makes it tough for me to say yes to that one. Although if we did sign him, I'm sure I'd be the first one to jump on the bandwagon and be yeah. thrilled about it. Right, that's so true. Uh, Jared <coughs> said, "Do you think we'd actually pick a defensive lineman in the first round?" Absolutely. And the reason I say that is because that's where the strength of this draft lies by far. I mean, we did a mock draft, Carmen Vitali and I, on Buccaneers.com this week, and she actually gave us Devin White, the linebacker from LSU, who is an, a marvelous player. But I think. That pick could hinge a little bit on what happens with Quan Alexander in or before free agency. Uh, but there are so many good defensive linemen in this draft that you're going to be getting guys at picks 15 and 20 that in a lot of drafts would be top 10 just because there's so many of them. And I think it's hard to find a stud pass rusher, right? And we found one with a trade with JPP last year, but we're talking about a guy that's well into his career. Trying to find a guy – that you can develop, that you can be your guy for five, seven, whatever many years. And the first part of that is pretty well um, contract mm-hmm. assured. Uh, you know, you're not overpaying for it. Uh, it's, it's to find it in the draft, to find a stud pass rusher in the draft is 
a boost for any for any franchise and this is a year where it could really happen for a lot of teams so we're picking fifth and most drafts you'll see will have guys like Nick Bosa and Josh Allen going first and second and a lot of years you'd be like well there they go there's the two stud pass rushers but there's still possibilities in both inside and outside of pick five so I think it's very very good chance that we would do that yeah that's an interesting point <clears throat> um Michael said, with Conti getting injured last year, do you see them bringing him back or going after some free agents at that position? Yeah, it's, for one thing, you got to realize it's a new coaching staff. So Chris Conti has been here three years, I think, and uh, that was under Lovey Smith, or maybe four years, because I at least four years, because mm -hmm. he would have come in under Lovey and then stayed under Dirk. And now you have a completely different coaching staff, and that coaching staff probably has different priorities for the position and maybe even some guys that they've that they're connected to that they that they know like the way lovey smith knew chris conte when he was here there's probably some guys out there that bruce arians and his staff know that they might prefer mm -hmm. you know so chris chris is headed to become a free agent too so we just basically he's in the same group as anybody else that's out there even though he's he's a buccaneer about to become a free agent you would evaluate them the same way as all the free agent safeties. And so um, I think there's a good chance they would go in another direction. Okay. Uh, I'm going to combine several different questions that I saw in here just about the running back position overall because we had a question about Le'Veon Bell. Uh, we've had several of them about him. But also the idea of if we would draft one, do we keep Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones? Which of them would continue to be the premier yeah. back if we kept them? They're just I've, I've seen a lot of running back questions overall, so I'll let you kind of right. just address that position. Well, I think if you drafted a running back, you would still – keep Peyton Barber, who, by the way, is a restricted free agent, which means we do have to give him a tender offer, but that's almost certain to happen. So, And then once a restricted free agent gets a tender offer, they almost always sign it, and they're back. So I'm going to treat Peyton Barber as if he's probably going to be back under contract. And then you have Ronald Jones. Even if you add a third back, most teams want to have at least three backs that they can give the ball to, right? Right. So, um, I mean, for one thing, Jack Quiz Rogers is a free agent and, and may not be back, so you're basically you'd be replacing – one with one there right uh which guy you t or where you take this guy uh probably would answer the question of who's going to be the lead back if you take him in the first round i mean there are a lot of people there are a lot of draft nicks out there when they're mock drafts who are giving us josh jacobs from alabama who's the highest rated running back and, and is a very special talent uh the fifth overall pick for a running back for a team that has a lot of needs on defense i'm not sure i'd be on board with that but then there are some mock drafts where you see the bucks trading down because there's a lot of teams maybe they're going to want to trade trade up to get a quarterback trading down and then maybe depending upon where you are a running back might make a little more sense and you pick up some other picks to help you on defense if you were to take a guy like that early then I think he's probably the guy that would come in as as you know the best bet to be the first in line your lead right. running back um, if you're talking about a guy you get a little bit later in the draft then you may be talking about a complimentary guy and then you'd probably it'd probably be a competition I mean you get to training camp you know, Ronald Jones could light it up this year. You never know. And so you'd probably have a wide-open competition would be my guess. Okay. I like this question <coughs> from Brian. Uh, he brought up the Mississippi State defensive lineman that tore his ACL. Oh, God, that's and so terrible. it is so sad. He said if he falls in the draft, do you see the Bucks taking a guy like that that wouldn't play for a year? So yeah. some of the pros and cons of knowing that he's – out for a year yeah or not necessarily the entire year right or at least but for part but of it. you'd have to i mean like Quan, nine like, months is a typical right. amount and so nine months from right now would be the start of the season would, or no it'd no be it'd be the whole season yeah well no nine months from now would be november. the whole season practically well, it'd be november maybe um when we drafted kendall beckwith he had tore his ACL in uh, November, mm -hmm. I believe, late November. And there was a feeling when we drafted him and even into the offseason that him being able to start at the beginning of the, the season was maybe a little bit of a long shot. But mm -hmm. then 
miraculously or he's just a fast healer or whatever, he was ready for the beginning of training camp and, and was able to go on. So it's possible, but I do remember that was considered like an exception. So I think you're right. And if this guy, I think it's Jeffrey Simmons, he, t- yeah. he tore his ACL mm-hmm. from Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. And he was a guy that you saw in mock drafts going like in the 20 to 25 range or, or even maybe a little bit higher. Again, there's so many of those guys available this year. So I would have to believe now you're, this, this questioner is probably thinking, okay, he drops to the second or third round. Would it be worth that asset to get a first a guy that may, might have gone 15th or 20th with a second or third round pick? Right. You just have to wait a year? That, I absolutely think that's definitely worth it. Now – I think you'd be more likely to do that if you had multiple, if you had some additional picks. Like last year after right. the trade down, we ended up with three second round picks. If you had three, it'd make a lot of sense. Right. So maybe we trade down again. And if the, if we end up with multiple picks, I like the idea. Interesting. I really do. Um, Joey <coughs> said, do you think we would pick defense or offense with the first pick that we have this year? I think defense, because um, you're talking about offense, uh, it's not going to be a quarterback, I would assume. I don't think you do a running back unless you trade back. Receiver isn't and tight end really isn't a need. So all we're talking about is offensive line, and okay. that's that's a real possibility. A lot of mock drafts have us taking like Joan, Jonah Williams or or uh, the uh, the Florida tackle Jamal. So many names to remember oh, and right it's, now. It's funny because I the next question I was going to ask you is from Gerald, who says, "Will we be picking an offensive lineman this upcoming draft?" So oh, I think there's a very high chance, not necessarily at fifth the overall, but there pick, is. Yeah. A, I mean, that's not a bad idea. It really is, and we haven't spent a first round pick on an offensive lineman in quite some time. And even if you like Donovan Smith and Demar Dotson, you still it still makes sense if you get an opportunity to to get a guy that could be a stud left tackle for a long time. And, and, you know, because how much longer, for instance, is DeMar Dotson going to be starting for you? So you can plan for the future, right. even if you're not sure the guy cracks the lineup right away. Or it could involve moving some guys around on the line, even if you keep all of those guys. So I don't think it would be a bad move to take a tackle. And that's certainly – I would put that as one of the higher possibilities at pick number five. But, again, with the strength of this def- this draft is there's just so many good defensive linemen that I think in the end that's what you end up doing at number five. Okay. And Rodney said, do you think we get a backup quarterback from the draft or sign a vet from free agency? How about both? Yeah, I could see both. I mean, you're probably going to you're gonna take at least three to camp. So Usually four, uh, right? Sometimes four. Uh, so, and you're going to keep three, whether the third one is either on your practice squad or you keep three like we've been doing with – Ryan Griffin for so many years, it would make a lot of sense to sign a veteran, and that could be a re-sign depending on how Ryan Fitzpatrick feels and how the new staff feels about him. But it it would make a sense. It would make a lot of sense to sign a veteran and then to also draft a guy, and then that that rookie. I, I assume we're not going to be drafting him in the first two or three rounds. So you're talking about a guy that would need some development time anyway, and so he could. You could conceivably get him onto the practice squad, and and develop him that way. Okay. So I could see it being both. Uh, we'll close with this. I've seen a couple people asking okay. about Gerald's um, role in this new defense, and two different people asked uh, if he would be able to restructure his deal at all that would make it more likely for not only him to stay but some of these other guys that we're trying to re-sign. Mm-hmm. He definitely could, and the team could. That's certainly something that can always be done. You just have to know whether they're motivated to do so or not, so that really comes down to Gerald if he wants to and if the team asks him to. We're kind of taking a few steps ahead yeah. here, right? Um, and then where would he fit in this defense? All I can do is keep going back to what both Coach Arians and Todd Bowles have said on a couple times about that basic question is that we're going to 
structure this defense to fit the talent that we have. And Gerald is a talented player. There's no way they wouldn't find a way to use him. And, and we've talked a lot about does it matter if we call this a 3-4 or 4-3? You're going to see both looks. A lot of what you think is a 3-4 these days really operates like a 4-3 anyway. So Gerald McCoy could keep playing three-tech. He said, he, I think he said in a tweet a couple of days ago, something about three-tech, one-tech, five-tech, you know, yeah. five whatever, I can play anywhere that they want me to. So, okay. And I think that's true. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, thanks to all of you for joining us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. We'll be right back here next week, so make sure if we didn't get to your questions, come back then and ask them again. And we always love hearing from all of you throughout the week. And we're also going to have a new road to the draft next week, so make sure you're sending in all those draft questions, either to Scott or myself on Twitter, or even some of your mailbag questions as well. We'd love to get to some of those. So thanks, as always, for watching. We'll see you next time.